<laughs> Usually we have our rainbow encyclopedia around, but we don't have him today. <laughs> oh, yeah, where's Finn? Oh, you know, just do another stuff. I think he's working today. <laughs> it's the girl show today, right? It's me and my friend Phoebe. <laughs> um, how would you describe a rainbow gathering to someone who's never been? Um, kind of like chaos, but also organization. Um, lots of good food. Probably good pot. And some really nice people, some really crazy people. <laughs> probably some wingnuts walking around talking to me. <laughs> Don't talk about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, and the setting is like tends to be a national park. Um, usually, very, very beautiful places. Sometimes not easily livable. I remember um, the Montana National, which is around when I met you, that it snowed on summer solstice. Oh, yeah, I was there. I made pancakes in the snow. And, like, a lot oh, yeah. of people who are from places where it doesn't snow or, like, too cold to move. And I'm like, this is this snow bunny's time to shine. <laughs> like, made coffee and pancakes, and I'm like, y'all are pussies. <laughs> but it was, like, it, the first time in my life that I've ever experienced, hey, first day of summer, here's two inches of snow on the ground. Oh, yeah. You know what was remarkable to me was I, I noticed that there was these flowers, and then after it snowed, the flowers were still there. And I just know, like, usually a frost will kill them, and I'm like, these are some resilient flowers. <laughs> Don't yeah, mind Montana the crazy, crazy Montana weather. Yeah, Montana is tough as shit. Yeah. I definitely, I woke up with my tent collapsed on me from the snow. It wasn't even my tent. It was a tent someone was letting me squat in because they, <laughs> they were in town. <laughs> I remember, um, so wait, I camped up by um, Shining Lights that year. If you were anywhere near that. I actually was. I was in between Shining White and uh, Magic uh, Bowl, Magic Bowl, uh, they were calling it at that gathering. Okay, yeah, I have an idea of where that was. Well, I was kind of just floating around, but that's where the abandoned tent was. <laughs> I was squatting <laughs> in. Yeah, <laughs> after I wasn't, uh, uh, after the cops found out people were in the um, cabin. I don't know who those people were in those cabins, but that's what they told me. And then I was like, oh, shit, I need to find somewhere else to sleep. Not that I knew who was there. Um, I think they were, they were like abandoned mines. Or yeah, yeah, I saw them. Yeah. That's where I saw a bunch of undercover cops roll in. It was crazy. So I drove up into that, that section of the forest once, and I had a huge rock thrown at me by this crazy dude who had, like, I think he drove up with us from Boulder. And, and yeah, he drove up with us from Boulder. Just like totally slipped down on me and tried to throw a rock at my car. Like, when I say rock, it's like a volleyball size. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, taking the wing nuttery a step away from, a step further from talking to trees. <laughs> yeah. Throwing rocks. <laughs> um, like, that's not how you stack rocks, that. brother. <laughs> <laughs> never seen him at a gathering after. Well, that's probably good then. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
keeping my eye on that. Yeah. So tell us about this project you've been working on. Uh, oh, your okay, comic here, books. I'm here, I'm here tonight to promote a Halloween anthology comic book called Thirteenth Moon, and it is seven stories, fifty-two pages. Really, really cool team that has been working with me a year, and I uh, we're trying to raise twenty-four hundred dollars. Kickstarter.com. You can go to Kickstarter and look up 13th Halloween Anthology. Um, Kickstarter.com. Look up Halloween Anthology. 13th Moon Halloween Anthology. Okay. 13th Moon Halloween Anthology. Kickstarter.com. And I think we were up to like $1,000 and $1,044 when I called you this week. So you yeah, still have a long like way to go. We need to raise like fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, can you give us a little uh, a little taste of what it's about? Get us interested. Oh my god, it is so much fun. Okay, so there's like four, like I said, um, seven different stories, and so some of them are four pages long. Um, I think three or four of them are four pages long. One of them is a single page long. Um, but the main story is the cover story, and it is about Lucy, who is one of the devil's daughters. She has been locked in hell for forever, and she's trying to find a way to escape. And teams up with this heavy metal band, and um, it's really, really good. Uh, she's a guitarist herself, and that one is actually a comedy book. Rest of the other six tales are more like horror, morbid kind of stories. But Lucy and the Doombringers, the cover story is really, really good. Um, and so, okay, Chris McCauley, who colored, I think, half of the book. Um, he is an Irishman who lives in Canada these days. He's probably the most um, experienced professional comic book uh, artist that I work with on. One two three go publications team. He he's done coloring for 2000 AD. He's done some coloring for Marvel. He's worked with uh, I think Todd McFarlane. He's definitely more experienced with um, the professional end of the industry than I am personally. But um, he has a story that's called Dracula, Lord of the Future. And because Chris made an arrangement with um, I'm pronouncing this right with Zachre, C-A-C-R-E, and Stoker, who is the uh, heir to the Stoker estate, from what I understand, and controls um, the, the remaining of Bram Stoker's work and like, negotiates probably movies and books or what, whatever. Um, their, their family's uh, right to some claim whenever someone's using Dracula's name. Well, Chris negotiated a contract with that guy, who's wow. apparently really cool. And our Dracula is canon for like Bram Stoker's So I mean I know it's generations later, but like our Dracula is these days. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. It's a cool piece of um, history. <laughs> um, Chris, yeah, I didn't even know until Chris told me this that Bram Stoker was an Irishman. And uh I learned more about his history and his writing and things like that. I'm not even also a mason and just like worked very very hard and knows all sorts of weird shit that is not 
is there a a place that we can see some of his artwork, like online or something? If you went to the Kickstarter, you could see that. Um, also, I think if you just Googled him, maybe. Um, I don't know where to find him. Um, on my Instagram has some of them. Um, one, two, three, go publications. One, two, three, go publications on yep. Instagram. Yep, that's me and my Instagram. Okay. No connection to my Instagram. Um, I think one of them tracked it. So is it uh is it in bad form to ask you to give us a piece of the story? Like to read some of it, or would you rather just wait? So I'm actually just adding the letters together tonight. I was working on that while you and me were messaging and stuff like that. Oh, I'm excited to see how it turns out, for sure. That particular story I'm saying, I was doing a lot of work on that. I've also seen other ones. If I sent you something through the internet right now, can you post it somewhere? Uh, yeah, I could. I could post. I could post a, uh, like a link to it on a, a Facebook post when I put up the show. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, I can, I or can like right now. <laughs> promo images and stuff like that. Um, How long yeah. have you been uh, writing comic books? Um, all right. So I probably first tried when I was like ten. Um, that comic book I drew myself and maybe been five pages on. Um, but then I didn't start doing it seriously again until like five years ago. What are what are your uh what what's one of your favorite comic books that you you've been working on other than the one you're working on now? Um, okay, my favorite I think is Trouble, um, and it's like a comedy action one, and he is in the twenty four fifties, and he is a retired marine who just wants to relax and work on her tan, and because she her ex boyfriend is a local police. And she always gets pulled into um, cleaning up after his inability to stop this crime wave. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and the first five, and the five issues in the series that we're doing about is about her versus like robotic police. How many? How many issues are there of that story so far? There, there will be five so far. Only the first one is out. And is that is that an ongoing project? Like um yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we're working on issue two of that right now. And we have um that's actually that one will have a story within a story in it. Uh it is like she in the issue number two will be at a comic convention and she picks up a copy of her favorite comic book. And the next four pages are pages from within that comic book. So you're like, with the comic in your hand, you're like, they're holding the comic book. Very meta. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and her um, her favorite comic book is called Oko Marasakino. And that um, is purple, what is something like, troublesome pur purple or mischievous purple in, um, in Japanese, Nihongo. Uh, yeah, she's just this mischievous purple kitty, and he lives at his own temple, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. I like it. I do. 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds like fun. Thank you. Oh, I meant to ask. So is that Pam doing like the beer stuff up top? Yes, it is. Yeah, during our breaker. That's good to hear her voice. She loves her Bjork impression. <laughs> she works it into her stand-up, but she thinks it doesn't work, but it's it all depends on who the audience is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when no, no one and when no one laughs at it, she blames it on their age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too well, young to understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I must have a few years of her. I'm closer to her than you. Yeah, she just had a birthday. She just had her birthday celebration. Yeah. Yeah, for if any of my friends are listening, um, I have done stand-up comedy with you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was I was thinking about like uh, digging into the old uh, happy hours and trying to find which one that we were both on. <laughs> I'll wait here at the um, here at Mutiny. At the yeah, no shit. Yeah, we did, uh, like, around this time last year, I think, or, like, around March last year. Um, Not last. Um, I don't know. April. You know, COVID is really messing with my mind. Yeah, <laughs> April no, 2018 no. or 2019? <laughs> April 2019, I think. We yes, it was April 2019. Happy, Happy hour. Happy. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if, if it, <laughs> like, maybe I could play you out with the, I haven't found it yet, but. I, we yeah, have access I don't to think it. They had a good set there, to be honest. Um, if I remember correctly, I don't think I remember. Yeah. Well, it's easy to feel like you bomb here because the comedians don't really like react to other comedians, and then and most most of the audience is online <laughs> listening. You know, yeah, I guess no, it prepares us for Zoom yeah. shows in a way. What were you saying? And it is just twelve comedians jammed in a tiny, tiny room. There's no other audience. Yeah. Well, now because of COVID, we've been doing outdoor shows. The neighbors actually came and they um asked, one of the neighbors asked us to do some kind of show like in the, you know in the midst of the COVID because they wanted entertainment. So we found a like a safe way to do it with like mic condoms and if you, you know you bring your own mic if you have it and all the audience is just standing around on the street far away from each other. We didn't really promote it. It was just for the people in the neighborhood, you know? Right. So it uh, it actually, in a way, the mics were a lot better because there was an actual audience and they wanted to be entertained. And it was really cool because they would, like, uh, they'll sit in their cars or, like, look through the window or sit on their porch. So did, did anybody ever try the microphone approach during that point in COVID? What do you mean the microphone approach? I mean, megaphone. Oh, megaphone. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I think, like, if everyone has their own megaphone, a lot of outdoor open mics could be cool. Yeah, if everyone has it. Yeah, that makes sense. We, we've just been, like, you know, because there has been, like, you know, like, I'm a swag hippie that um, does, <laughs> still goes to open mics in the park now that they start. But we take precautions, like, uh, like mic covers and hand sanitizer. I found out spraying Lysol on the mic doesn't really work because you can't really hear the person <laughs> in the first few minutes. Mm. But, you know, some people bring their own. And, like, you know, everyone's socially distant in the park. Like, so when you're using that microphone with the mic condom on it, do you wear a mask, too? I was. I, yeah, I do. 
I should say rather. And then you know, I have to make bits about wearing the mask because I'm wearing one. One person came up to me after the show uh, here and said, like, complimented me. Like, he, he has seen, like, most of my stuff because I was doing the show here a while. And he said that I had the ability to show expression even with my mask on. And, cap- and like, he re- really didn't see that with many people. But for me, like, you know, it didn't matter that I was wearing a mask. And I was like, yeah. wow, I didn't even think that people, you know, were no, you know what I mean? I didn't even think about like, he said it was hard because, you know, people really need to see facial, resp- you know, facial. Yeah, no, you got to use your, um, your eyebrows and your, your, whole, your whole forehead and a little bit of scrunch in your nose to find the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Expression <laughs> is different with a mask on, for sure. Yeah, and especially because I wear glasses, so I start talking, and then my glasses fog up, and then I have to put it on the top of my face, and then I'm like, wow, wearing this mask is making me touch my face twice as much. (laughs) Yeah, we're also, like, talking about COVID, like, almost as in the past tense, but it's still killing, like, a thousand Oh, yeah, it's still really real. I'm, you know, trying to keep up with like being, you know, the healthy, the health uh, procedures of trying to safely still do share mics with people. But I feel like here in the Bay, at least, um, a lot of the comics that have still been doing open mics are just the same people. So in a way, we've like made our own COVID pod. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean I, I you know, I still try to wear a mask and put, con- like, there's been different tactics. It's interesting, like, um, People put plastic bags over, uh, like I did an outdoor show where that was the procedure. Everyone grabbed their own plastic bag. You had to have a mask on, and then you can still hear people through the plastic bag, but some people need to learn to project. I think they need to go to gatherings, so you make announcements in the woods. You learn how to raise your voice for (laughs) for people. So the plastic bag is the mic sound number? In that sense, yeah, and then plastic gloves, and then actual like mic covers. That's what we hear have here at uh, Mutiny. Uh, somebody donated a bunch of mic covers, so everybody just like grabs their own one, you know. So we try not to do that. And if you, the smart thing is to bring your own mic. Like I'm doing a show in Pacifica on Thursday, and that was a requirement. It was like you have yeah. to have your own mic. And a lot of shows are like making people get COVID tested before they even come, and like prove that. What about, like, the asshole who's sneezing in the audience? Like, he didn't get COVID. What about the what in the audience? The asshole who's sneezing in the audience. I bet he didn't get COVID. Yeah, well, that's why we, everyone has to be socially distant that, um, uh, you know, watches the show. It's It's been well, really interesting to see, like, the the adaptations that we've been doing. Like, there, there's a comedy club that just opened. Well, the grand opening is going to be soon, but they had some pre-shows in Alameda. And uh, they started building it before, you know, this pandemic, like, really took effect in, in the states, you know. And uh, so they had to reevaluate the way that they did everything. So they created an outdoor space where all the tables were six feet apart, and they can do an outdoor show like before they even finish the inside, so that you know, to try to adapt. Uh, I, I I got to go to one of the shows. It was really um, cool. It was really interesting, uh, to say the least. And they t- check everyone's temperature before the door, um, before they walk in. 
but man, what a, what a hard time to start a business, especially when your business is like getting people together <laughs> in a room. Yeah, no, socialization. And then all the other shows that have been happening are just, um, for a long time, there wasn't, there was only to go. They were encouraging us to take alcohol, drink it on the street instead of, <laughs> instead of in the bar. Of course, you can't go in. And uh, so they started building parklets, parklets to you know that to serve to still be able to serve people, but you have to serve food if you're if if to even so like bars that have never served food before are starting to serve food just so they can stay open and have these parklets open. And there's been some. Um, there's been some shows at those. Like, there's one down the street here that Pam puts together at Asiento, and uh, there's one on the the milk bars doing doing some too. Man, Eric at the milk bar has always been so kind to the comedian and the com- the comedy commu- community here. So shout out to Eric, <laughs> milk bar. But it's just it and it's such a big there's it, it's a big contested thing too cuz there's so many people that it is it kind of like rainbow gatherings it's like a lot of people chose not to gather this year they chose not to expose themselves but you can't stop everybody so there's a lot of comedians that are like oh doing outdoor shows is wrong like doing an open mic in the park is wrong like i'm going to stay here you guys like shame on you guys for even doing that and then other people are like, are you telling me I can't go to the park, dude? <laughs> like, there's already people in the park. <laughs> like, you know, so it's it's been a... It's it's like the new comedy war. There you, there was a comedy civil war. This is the new comedy civil war. Oh, yeah. There's always got to be something controversial going on with comedians. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I see a lot of mirrors of uh, rainbow and, and comedy. Hey, Welch, you want to cue another song? Yeah, sure. All right, I got a... This is... What, Lilikai? Is that how you say? 47? Oh, uh, uh, the 47. The Kale 47. The Kale 47, Miss... Thank you.
swag sauce on full drip. Uh, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, miss, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, looking like holders. Talk about it, but they never gonna do shit. Uh, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, miss, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, everybody want the glory, but they don't wanna put the work in to keep it all G. Switch the number up so them niggas can't call. Cause I ain't a pessimist and can't stand a soft story. Lord knows. I've been through hell to put it on. So all you crab niggas in the barrel can move along. Y'all looking for a pause, man. I'm looking for summer homes to each his own. And this is why you always gon' need a loan. Leave me alone. Loaded like a full clip. Swag sauce on full drip. Uh, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, miss, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, looking like holders. Talk about it, but they never gon' do shit. Uh, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, miss, miss me with the bullshit. Uh, Okay, that was, how did you say, pronounce again? <laughs> yeah, we'll be back with our special guest. Your money back. That's for sure. All right. So what were you saying uh, about the song? Yeah, that was Michaela 47. Um, artist who's a mutual friend of mine. Now he's introduced me to a lot of cool female rap artists, trap artists. Never listened to him except for Kamali. He has exquisite taste in most everything. <laughs> Food, music, the company she keeps. What an amazing person. Uh, the company they keep. Yeah. I'm glad I caught myself. <laughs> Too late, but I try. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe it's because they're from Philly. <laughs> so shout out to Kamali if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, what a what a lovely family. <laughs> I'm glad they're part of our family. <laughs> So yeah, you picked the you picked the entire playlist today, and I'm excited to hear what other um, jams you have later on in yep. the show. These are some of my songs. Okay, so the first one, um, "Big Moon, Your Light." Um, that's kind of been a two-week mix. We are um, 
just the same, a little bit more uh, as far as other tracks are going. But since it's 13th moon, the band is your uh, big moon. So among the many things, uh, the many talents of BB Xavier, uh, one of them, you're also an MC, right? Is I that correct? I, I, I did some research, <laughs> and by research, I mean talking to you. <laughs> but yeah, if you did the research, like, I've rapped for you, like, 20 uh, times. Yeah. Um, how long How long were you doing that? What got, what got you into, what, what was your passion for rapping? Okay, so um, I guess as a kid, I listened to a lot of rap music. Probably like when I got first into rap over other things. I was really into Tribe Called Quest when I was a kid. Um, for my high school at Fort Urban High School, we had and um, friends of mine designed mixtapes, tapes, dub tapes of um, different hip-hop Was it was the cool like underground? It was almost like punk to be a white kid into hip hop at that age. Um, <laughs> but I learned to rap back then, and I started rapping maybe. Yeah, hip hop is think. punk as fuck. I think. Yeah, no, a lot of it uh, aspects of hip hop are punk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rebellious side to the punk, but that's that's a certain level of hip hop. I think like later on, the last twenty years of hip hop have been a whole lot of like, hey, we need to like dress this particular way and act this particular way to fit the moment. But I think old school hip hop is still a shit and that's probably what made me want to do Do you have a a like a, a really fond tour memory from your rapping days? Okay, okay. <laughs> so I have a I have a million memories. But um <laughs> There was this time though that we were doing a open mic. It was uh, open called Mix Mic. I have done it at Sam Smith. Yeah. And we were doing an open mic Mix Mic in Phoenix, Arizona. We had traveled there from San Diego, and I forget um, how many days we were in town or without where we, where we were staying. But I just remember that when they called me to the stage, um, Getting around all the tables to get to the stage seemed like way too difficult. So I ran down like this adjacent hallway where like there were like shutters that opened up onto the stage. Oh, I'll just pop out through there. <laughs> and like as I as I went through the shutters onto the stage, I think like I almost knocked over a speaker, but then just fell and like tore my pants and skinned my leg, but then like spun around and somehow didn't fall over and stood up just in time to grab the mic from the host and was just like, hey, that's a little trick I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I, all right, so I did the same thing this week at work almost um, with the, like, playing it off as if it was on purpose. I was standing there at the host stand, like, a fucking squirrel jumped on my shoulder. From, Whoa! From like, like, dude, six somewhere. feet, six feet. Yeah, I know exactly. But from somewhere above me, a squirrel decided my shoulder was the next branch needed to hop onto for it to get 
walked in hey pam i just want to let you know that phoebe digs your your compression <laughs> yeah yeah york's sister <laughs> Look, from the breaker <laughs> The show must go on. Live performance is a whole bunch of that. Like having everything fall apart, but then somehow taping it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Live entertainment. That's the difference between theater and cinema. In cinema, you just you you portray the things that you capture perfectly but live entertainment is like oh we gotta roll with the microphones off so now i'm gonna yell uh jokes that describes your comedy pretty well uh, <laughs> Yeah, so um you've also you've done a lot of interviews with with uh inter different entertainers. Yeah. Yeah, you asked him about Nick at Night, right? Yeah, well, he was part of Nick at Night. For like yeah. one gathering, yeah. <laughs> I at that gathering I didn't even smoke cigarettes, but I got one from uh <laughs> I got one from Vermin who also doesn't smoke cigarettes, but like, I just remember the way that I met him was like so nonchalant. He helped us cook. He popped in on my kitchen and helped us cook dinner. And like <clears throat> after he helped me walking away, Vince was like, Oh, Pete's Vermin. I was like, Hey, don't call that guy Vermin. That's kind of nice. And Vince is like, Nah, dude, that's Vermin. Like, what? That's his legal name. Vermin loves Supreme. But without the boot, I just didn't recognize him. He was like, God. Yeah, that boot really transforms everything. <laughs> I was at the Republican National Convention, and before he put the boot on, no one said anything. He puts the boot on, and some random guy looks at me and goes, oh, my God, is, is that 
German Supreme? And I was like, yes, you should go over and talk to him because he loves being recognized. <laughs> He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, go talk to him. And he was so excited. And I can see like, you know, I can see Vermin's face light up too. Like, well, yes, I am the Vermin Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. Um, wow. That one's on YouTube. Yeah. Wow! So, to, like, underground rap stars. What? What's a highlight from interviewing Noam Chomsky? Um, he had a really weird response to what I had to say about nine eleven. Nine eleven was fake. I said to the blame. Oh, that is a really weird, like, non-air. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like what I always say. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, we should have invade Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, Iraq. Oh, I fucked it up. I fucked up the joke. But, uh, <laughs> whoa. What was the question you asked him? Um, I forget exactly. I was a complete smartass about the way I answered. It was like, um... Uh, I said something about the Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. Because it was after, I think, uh, right after uh, Obama had funded OBL and OBL was dead. I said something about, like, that his beard was dyed and he had a porn collection. So where was his dialysis machine? Was it hidden under the porn collection? <laughs> and, like, he picked remember if that's a specific question that um, responded in that way too, but he was very, very fun in general. Like, he rolled with the punches of life. I asked him if, because my speed came, you know, with Professor Anarchy, so I asked him if he could listen to Dr. Dre and myself, like, using the space titles while he's a real doctor or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he totally beat me to go ahead. He was like, no, 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 call yourself whatever you like. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so of the underground rappers that you've uh interviewed what what were some of the highlights Two or three seconds, but I met Hannibal Burr at that show. Oh, cool. I, I got invited to the, the guy responsible for who why Cosby's in jail. What's that? Hannibal Burris. Uh he, he, you know, he started a catalyst that ended up with Cosby being jail. That's a different subject, but that's really cool that you met him. Oh, Bill Cosby? Yeah. No, yeah. I remember that he was being put up 
Oh yeah, like it's it's crazy, like um, how comedians and comedy can really affect what's going on in the world. Like we don't really think about. We're like telling jokes, but you know, yeah. people um, like Hannibal and Sasha Baron Cohen, and um, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, there's a Borat sequel. Oh yeah, I know. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm a I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of Borat specifically, but just what Sasha Baron Cohen's able to do using humor in his um, yeah, like wow, you really can um, you know when when you when you shed light to heinous things in a humorous way, you can like reach a broader perspective. People aren't like as defensive, you know. They're like, whoa, that's what's like that guy really thinks like that. I don't really want him in office. Yeah, his TV show about, like, America Exposed or whatever. Yeah, Who is America? That was really good. So brilliant. Uh, That's scary because it's real people that really think like that. Yeah, he just exposes people for who they are using humor, and then, like, shit changes. Like, people get voted out of office. Like, (laughs) amazing. I know you're just like, and then I met Hannibal, and I went on this big tangent of like yeah, how I feel. like comedy can change the world. I was actually just listening to a podcast about um oh um what is his name Silvio Bull the Prime Minister of Italy, not the okay. current one, but uh the 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 like billionaire that had a bunch of uh was like really corrupt like people were wondering where he got he owned all these tvs and all this media so he like was able to just portray himself as like you know like how perfect he is but there was another media channel where like a comedian on his show had an interview with a journalist who was like where is this money coming from and like started to take him down and you know they lost their job but it was like another example of like wow look this comedian (laughs) who's just like let's have on this guest like really like was able to shed light to like look what's really going on in these corrupt politics. Okay, similar um, or, or or a parallel that I want to draw attention to, and maybe it's not comedians or coaches or whatever. But okay, do you know who Mark Barnett is? Uh, no. The guy, guy who uh, produced and created The Apprentice. Oh. Um, I believe that there's a show that the um, uh, Cheetolini um, POTUS guy was. Mm-hmm. Starring on, right? That show, The Apprentice. Well, Mark Barnett has spent the two years before he launched The Apprentice uh, in talks with Putin because he wanted to do a reality TV show about Putin. Putin strung him along for two years about maybe making this uh, TV show with Barnett. So finally he decided, no, I don't want to do this show. But I had this great idea where you go to America, back to America, and make a TV show. Make it look like Donald Trump is a billionaire, even though we know he's like $4 million in debt. <laughs> and so for 10 years, at Putin's command, Mark Barnett helped trust wash and like sort of billionaire wash to trick all these Americans thinking, oh, he's a successful fucking TV show. He has a billion dollars because he says he's a billionaire. No, he's not a fucking billionaire. $100 million in debt to the fucking sidebar, whatever. Oh, it's it's all the same social. It, it's not too much of a sidebar. It really is all the same social circle. Like um, like Putin was a part of 
these like sex parties that this this um the Italian uh, what is his name Silvino I just need to look it up because I don't feel like I'm gonna butcher his name. Like something with a D, right? Yeah, but Bel Belvini, Belvino. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly, but I also wouldn't try anything pronounced like listening to the Google. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just suck at pronouncing people's names. <laughs> I've known you for so long, and I was so like, wait a minute, am I pronouncing your name right? <laughs> well, that was the funny thing about doing open mic. Third time that I've done someone. I make it a point to stand down in front of you so you can politely move your hand. Oh. Or, 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 don't, or don't, you know, or don't. <laughs> it's, it's pretty rare that people mispronounce my name, but whenever it happens, I just, like, keep going. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to waste, like, 30 seconds of my time up here. <laughs> like, correct. Like, yep, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, anytime it happens, I'm like, I guess it's my turn to get my name mispronounced. It doesn't really happen very often. For me, I think it's just one of those things. I used to call you Rachel, and then I call you Bernie. Oh, dude, I know what you mean. So I, uh, when I was at Burning Man, actually, uh, I was doing an open mic with. Uh, they 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 let you do, go to center camp and do an open mic there, but you have to sign up really early, and they you they give you a whole hour, you know, because it's for anybody. It's mostly you know like musicians or like storytellers and stuff. Um, so me and Jai, uh, from Roadkill Cafe, like he's a musician, and I, you know I'm a comedian. So we were like, well, if we do this in tandem, we can fill a whole hour. So we like put, we were like put. He's like, what should our name be? And you know, like Jai and um, Professor was there, and they've known me as Roach for years and years. And I was like, okay, well, my stage name is Rachel Penson. And both of them at the same time were like, that's your real name. <laughs> I'm like, yes, but it's also my stage name. <laughs> we went with the name Jai Love and Jokes. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is Jai Love. I'm the joke. Ha <laughs> ha. But it was a, it was like one of my favorite like performances, really. Like, just... I think of Rachel Pinsett as your stage name. <laughs> yeah, right. The world is a stage, and I was born with this stage name. <laughs> for sure. The Roach for short, you know. <laughs> I, I'm Phoebe Xavier, and I'm the Roach. <laughs> It's not my dead name. It's my stage name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just on the bill. <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> we were talking about your... We, we got... Uh, we did, <laughs> The conversation got derailed a little bit in a good way. <laughs> but we were talking about uh, the people that you've interviewed... So if people want to um, hear, you said they were on YouTube. So if people want to hear some of the interviews that you've done, um, where can they find them? Similarly, no, it's Planet Fever. 
impairments. Also, other interviews that I've done are on urban daycare slash um, I got you. Is that the, what was that called? Urban what? Urban vacancy press. Pull it up on my Okay. So that's, uh, that's who, who you were doing these interviews for? Yes, exactly. Um, okay, uh, that was my next question. <laughs> it is a young woman named Hope Alvarez. I had to leave the, that writing because the publication to be um, strictly about Texas, whereas when I wrote for her, it was about any. Oh, and then she was like, "Nope, Texas is the Lone Star. We don't need those other. We don't yeah, need those so other musicians and those other places." <laughs> well, I think um, um, managing the workload, having as many. Uh, people as me offering work to her it's like well let's do it if you're in texas i don't want to tackle 48 states and look at okay it's urbanvacancypress.com urbanvacancypress.com yeah and if you search by city or planet or five on it yeah articles of interviews then also you can find them on youtube Sorry. is there like a specific okay. youtube channel Hold on, I think I put my Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know. I'm just trying to get your your messages out there. <laughs> For the listeners out in Mutiny Radio Land and Rainbows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely Google and I, I am also doing a Kickstarter project. Yeah, definitely. And I'll make sure, like, at the end of the show, we'll plug it back in. Yeah, so people have a, have a chance to write that information down you called into the first show you called into the first always free show called into the first one ever yeah you did oh i didn't know that was the first one. that was the first one ever it was funny because i was like uh trying to figure out how i'm going to do this show so i was just reading a article live which i found later it's easier to record them before but so i'm like reading an article and um the phone number for the first show got spammed to a lot of people so it was just like i kept like getting the 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 reading kept getting interrupted with calls which i thought was great because i feel like you know like a live person talking like you know i can always read from a book or an article but you know it was nice so <laughs> yeah you were t talking about your comic books and you plugged something in the first show <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't know if I called in or not. I was texting you guys on the night that Kamali died. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did, yeah. I didn't see it until later because I was focused I on I actually texted that Kamali should play La Kale 47. And I didn't mean on the ukulele. I meant, like, play a track like that. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it, it came across as, like, hmm, I don't know how to play that yet. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Kamali, what are you talking about, Katie? Well, let me play these songs that I know in these classes. Because I just didn't know how to play 
And when I think of playing things on the radio, I think of playing Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I play a lot of um, songs that were recorded at Rainbow Gatherings here, and then pe and then when people from Rainbow Gatherings record music, I try to play those too, but, you know, this is the special Phoebe episode. <laughs> you guys have a glorious jam night. Oh, oh man, you should have, we, uh, we had a lobster party, we dubbed it Lobster Day, and then afterwards we had a, a uh, Hannah... Hannah Mae Ree, Hannah Gladstone came over and we like really had like, you know, off the air had a great session. Oh my yeah. gosh. I know. I've been trying to get them on the show and they're, they're in Oakland, but they're so, you know, they're like, I don't want to bother them, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, I've asked, I've asked already, you know? So I'm like, but I would think it would be amazing, especially if, she, if they wanted to come on here and talk about their, um, the Black Banjo Reclamation Project and play some music. I mean, they said they might come on before, but then I like saw them in person. I was like, come on. <laughs> but I don't want to be too pushy. But if for some yeah. reason, if Hannah Marie, Hannah Gladstone is listening, we really want you on the show. <laughs> so we can sit down for a Oh yeah, well thank you. I I the only time I've ever played any of my music is when Tanali um uh, was uh Kamali. Sorry, Tanali's the the guy that does the recordings. <laughs> Who I often play his their recordings um Sounds of the Rainbow. So I got their names Tanali and Kamali. But uh, yeah, the only time I did it was when Kamali um requested. Oh, look, we got a request for a song right now from Phoebe. I'm going to play uh, the gorillas. With super organism remix. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to continue with Phoebe's choice playlist, the special Phoebe episode. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Calling the world from isolation. Right now, that's the ball where we retreat. And if you're coming back to find me, you better have good aim. Shoot it true. I need you in the pictures while. Isolation. I 
reset myself and get back on track. <laughs> the gorillas we're gonna play another song and then we'll be back with more of the phoebe xavier exclusive interview here at mutiny radio on the always free podcast this is sigrid strangers
All right, that was uh, Sigrid, Strangers. And we're still doing an exclusive e interview with Phoebe Xavier. Phoebe, are you there? I think Phoebe is taking a break, but we'll be back momentarily. Says, but we can't hear you. <laughs> Phoebe, come back. <laughs> Okay, so well, we can play another song while we're waiting. Hmm. Oh, I know what it is. Don't play All right, we song. can hear you now. We can hear you now. <laughs> it was just a technical difficulty on my end. <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> it's all good. You're back. And there's no such thing as dead air here at Muni Radio. Unless we killed it. <laughs> Hey, do I get to try out my new material? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so, yes, hit, hit us with some comedy. All right, so, I do do the comedy again. Um, I'm going to comedy and free speech. Exactly, right? We will joke workshop it on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not trying to brag, but Kamala Harris texts me like three times a day. 
and I, and I'm so broke. I just respond to thirst trap text. I would have probably interviewed with someone. I get to Google what um, thirst trap was, but I thought I knew what thirst trap was. Well, that's your new material. Give us some of your uh, your hard hitters. You know, if you were gonna do like a a hot five, what what would your what would your hot five be? So I will do some of my. All right. So um, so I got a babe, which is good, which is nice. Um. I took a, I got an STI screener recently, and um, if you knew where this body has been, I, you'd be more surprised than me, or, or as surprised as me, that I don't have, um, no, no, hepatitis, over three, over three on hepatitis, <laughs> um, no chlamydia, oh, I had that before, but we got rid of it, um, no syphilis, um, no gonorrhea, um, and no AIDS. Uh, I don't think we have even any of those um, waffles or whatever these so extreme horrific ones are. But yeah, what what came back to me as a surprise is I tested positive for herpes, um, which I had never known because I don't have outward uh, cases of it. Like I don't have sores on my mouth or my genitals. Uh, it doesn't recur uh, sporadically as, as it's supposed to, which is why the herpes. Um, I got to think about it. I have these rashes on my elbows that recur, both of my elbows, and I can kind of think of my elbow halfway on my arm, and it goes away, and it comes back. I think it is good for my elbows. Um, it sounds like maybe like biologically impossible, but this is just a PSA for no one to smoke weed with or make out with my forearm. I don't know if that'll be in my type five, but that's another one of the newer ones. Right, Most of the audience doesn't two. know your old one. Yeah. What's that? Is it most of the listening audience doesn't even know your old ones? This is true. All right. <laughs> so, um, you know, they see that a guy who has fancy, brand new sports car is compensating for something. Uh, well, last week, this guy driving down the street, the beacon app blasting out uh, Plymouth K Reliant with one and a half flat tires, the windshield smattered, shattered, and uh, the muffler dragging along the road causing sparks and shit. That tire stink must be huge. <laughs> so I got his number. It was easy because of the podcast. <laughs> All right, so I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was telling me some of the weird shit that these heterosexual people do. And uh, apparently her and her boyfriend used to be 69, and while he's going down on her, he shoves one, two, three, four, five, a whole fifth into her vagina while he's looking at her clitoris. And as if that's not enough, while she's going down on him, Gobbling her clitoris, he forces her entire face into his ass. And I'm like, at that point, it's gotta be at least like a 72, right? 
I have both. Um, all right, so I was staying with a friend a few months ago, and I was returning to the building, and there was a small crowd develop, uh, developing in front of the entrance of the building. There's only a single gate to get in, and I saw that there's a squirrel in front of the gate. And I'm like, guys, 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 calm down. That squirrel lives there. Just say that every time. <laughs> Is that the same squirrel that was trying to make dinner reservations at your restaurant? Yeah, the one that jumped on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that you know that squirrel. Hold <laughs> back. <laughs> um. All right. So I have an embarrassing So I um. Your portal yeah. joke. Oh my! <laughs> oh shit. Oh, I'm a fan. <laughs> I know the good jokes. All right, I'm trying to tell the portal joke. I have been drinking, if you haven't noticed. I haven't been drinking. <laughs> so when we play the song, that's when I have to drink. All right, so um, I almost died the other day in a freak uh, robot uh, dragon attack, but fortunately there was a wizard standing by, and he opened a portal. And me and this random jumped through for safety. And I thank the wizard, you know, as well. And the person, the random that came through, fucked it all up and was like, Hey, yeah, it's a good thing you opened up those portals. With an F, portal. And I was like, ah, Do you even understand how a fucking portal works? There's a doorway through space and time that opens to two different places. There's just a single portal in two different places. <laughs> better illustrate what a portal is. A portal is like a vagina that is a doorway that simultaneously opens up to a woman's womb and a man's brain. And if you can't fucking conjugate your words right, maybe you deserve to die from freak robot fucking dragon attack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did not, I didn't have all of the parts of that one, but yeah, thank you for making me laugh. <laughs> I I don't know. I got the concept. <laughs> I, I think you know. I, I got to the end. It worked. Thank you. <laughs> Remember um, when? Uh, oh, no. Continue with your jokes. What is it? I was just thinking. Uh, when you were in the city and we were doing uh comedy together, when we did a uh, sinning and grinning at that free food church on Julian. Yeah. And the flag was in the background, so you went. <laughs> what was the flag exactly? It was like the um oh, the, the um YPG flag. Yeah. 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 Did I have a joke about the YPG flag? No, but you talked about it. You talked about yeah. that. And then um later I I was going to uh grocery outlet bargain market and mm -hmm. I saw the guy that like uh volunteers there, one of the guys that volunteers there, waving that flag just in the parking lot, like randomly. <laughs> it was oh. like he can't serve free food that day, but he was just waving it. Like this was during COVID that he was doing this? Yeah. Like, that? It oh, was. Wow. It um, was. I mean the, it's, yeah. <laughs> the YPG is a um mostly female um militia in Syria. They're Kurds that fight both Turkey and ISIS. And my, or excuse me, my friend Dan went to Syria and was part of like, there's an international force of mercenaries that 
shows up to train these women and work in concert with them in their efforts to both stop Turkey from encroaching into Syria and to stop the current um, or the last decade from occurring. And so, yeah, my friend Dan went there, and that's why I knew the white people. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. It was more just a point of reference. You're like, you know what this flag is? <laughs> but I thought it was cool this, that this this uh, church on Julian that does um, a comedy show once a month or like in the before times, <laughs> you know, before COVID. Um, it, like they, they're like an anarchist church. They have anarchy flags and like love flags and pride flags and Black Lives Matter signs. And they just like feed people. And it was also the only church that would take in um, AIDS patients in the 80s and, oh, like, like cremate them. They were the only ones that would cremate them because people didn't want to go around their bodies. And they would uh, bury the ashes in the garden. Mm. Yeah. AIDS garden. But, the garden that they hung out in front of pot and drank beers in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, I don't know. Uh, that church. I think I did try, try to make a joke about uh, um, that night about the YBGs, and I mentioned that Dan had taken me to uh, an open mic in Tampa, and that I had made a joke like halfway through something about like um, my friend Dan in the audience has killed thirteen people, <laughs> and I just like let it, I just let it like sit for a minute, and then I was like, but they were part of ISIS, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Like, He's killing for us, man. <laughs> and it was like That's USA. Okay. Like, really, like, yep, I shot those bitches in the head. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you, do you got any more jokes? Um. <laughs> it, it, this yeah. is roadblock. You got any jokes? <laughs> No, but you should tell me some of your new material. Some of my new material? Okay. Yeah, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID, everybody was talking about how we need to stock up on toilet paper. Stock up on toilet paper. Stock up on toilet we, We're going to run out, you know, and all the stores ran out. But nobody prepared me for how quickly I was going to go through batteries. You know, because I'm lonely. <laughs> Got them back ordered on Amazon, but it's a really good time to uh, cut ties with a really clingy boyfriend. You know, it's like, hey man, if you're not gonna give me the hundred yards that the court recommended, you can give me the six feet that the CDC recommends at least. <laughs> <laughs> kind of settling more into mask culture. Kind of weird at first wearing a mask all the time. Then I realized that my boss can't smell my beer breath. Uh, or maybe he can and that's why I lost my job <laughs> uh, yeah like, I guess those are my my new COVID related jokes it's all good that was hilarious thank you <laughs> I mean I've, I've got more like material I've been working on and stuff I actually have a show this Thursday in Pacifica nice. uh an outdoor Wait, show. Got to bring your own mic. I was talking about it earlier. <laughs> I guess I can plug in my own stuff, right? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't consider this my show as much as I consider it our show for like Rainbow. But yeah, I do have a show coming up in Pacifica this Thursday, socially distant. If you're in the area, want to come around? I got to bring my own microphone. <laughs> huh. 
Yeah, I, I've I've actually written a, b a bunch more jokes um, since COVID started, but those are like the new new, you know, like. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel you. Um, also, I forgot to write like an extended list of my jokes to perform tonight, and you just had the new ones I wanted to try. Oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we can talk about whatever. Hey, I got a set in today. It was like three minutes or something. Here tonight, yeah. Uh, I wrote a couple one-liners since you've been in town. Like, um, I don't know if I love lesbians or just the way they taste. Mm -hmm. I got invited to a dinner party, but it wasn't a dinner party. It was actually the Donner party. <laughs> I wasn't going to stay, but there was still free food. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I'm just wor working on more cannibalism jokes. You know, this also reminded me a little bit of um, my. Um, I imagine if you're both a beaver and a lesbian, you would become a terrified <laughs> and or aroused. Yeah, <laughs> more Phoebe classics. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, shit, we have twenty more minutes coming up, right? Uh, coming yeah. Up Pretty Let's much. Play that. the other song, the second to last song. Okay. Or for more, please, my hostess. So this is uh, AJR, Bummerland. Yeah, AJR is a lot of fun. This is a new song that is specifically like COVID, um, talking about being cooped up in COVID. I'm trying to get it to load. It's uh being difficult right now. <laughs> I really like um AJR though. It's not wanting to load. Um YouTube's really weird here because um Oh that would be on the Spotify too if you can load through Spotify. Oh uh, yeah, I can try. Hmm. <laughs> so, I was gonna entertainingly pick my nose, but you guys can that at home and I think of some more of my jokes. Oh, I have some cannibalism. Um, so it's an old yeah, let's stay on topic. <laughs> Every fight is a food fight and they're cannibal. But I'm like, that's not true. I mean, what if you're a wrestling RPG? In this scenario, I'm a cannibal. But what kind of monster would be an RPG? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know the band the Black Keys. Yeah. Do you think that they call themselves that because they want to finger minors? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I forgot. I wrote oh. that one joke too. <laughs> you know the song "Move, Bitch, Get Out of the Way" by Ludacris. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. think that's just a cautionary tale about how bad the traffic in Atlanta is? It can't be. I mean, we widely see that. Um. I started a whole bunch of material about DMX, um, about how he's just looking for his dogs, and he's really sad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. That one? <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. And, and like that when somebody shows up at his house with the bitches, he's like excited because he thinks it's a dog. It's like, no, it's just code. So I got the song loaded up now. Right, so AJR, it. Bummerland, and we'll be back after this uh, brief jam. Yeah.
and we are back with our guest bb xavier and that was bummerland by ajr what does ajr stand for um adam jason ryan i think it's the three names of the guys oh i, I might have like messed up for perhaps what the specific name is but it's, it's their name Yeah, we've been listening to a hand-picked playlist by BB Xavier herself. <laughs> yeah, I do DJ. I've, I've been there to DJ parties and um, produce the occasional hip-hop beat. I made a, um, a post-Vaporwave album that is still available on Bandcamp. Oh, really? We could play some yeah. of it. Or uh, well, you, you don't. No, we you don't know. have enough time. <laughs> um, it's called Sethra's Brooding, though. If you ever want to look it up. Um, what is it called again? Sethra, like S C T H R A apostrophe S. Sethra's Brooding. Ah. <laughs> it was me doing a crack. How, have do you have any recordings of your um of your rap days anywhere? Um, well, like an old folder that has most of my albums. But there's um, nothing online that the audience could uh find. I think there could be YouTube videos still of my uh, some of my videos or songs, but I don't think there's nowhere to buy them right now. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just showcasing the many talents of BB Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> Comedian, rapper, writer. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. Don't Rainbow start. sister. Start with rapping now. But um, the as a rapper, I haven't performed in two years. Uh, about 2018 in Orlando is the last time I did a show. I'm also moving forward. If I do do any more performances, I'm not performing at the Sister Anarchy anymore. My rap name has been for a couple months and will be moving forward. Tara Killed It. It'll be what? Tara Killed It. Tara. Killgrave. Killgrave. Grave. Grave. Kara Killgrave. I'm going to type it to you on Facebook. Grave with a B as well. That's how excited the. Um... AJR was to hear about that. They just wanted to <laughs> pipe in again and be like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, no. Um, there's three brothers in my family. Two awesome. Um, I like a number of their songs. Eric Kilgrave, like Purple Girl from Marvel fucking Universe. I don't know. I'm a comic book nerd. A little bit more Catholic than I am. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's not hard to be a bigger comic book nerd than me. <laughs> I think I'm a and like you know, you uh, write comic books, <laughs> so there's no yeah. contest there. <laughs> yeah. What What are you gonna dress up as for Halloween? Oh, I'm not out for Halloween. I'll probably be at work. Well, you're not gonna dress up at work. All right. So I have like ladybug um, thigh highs that I kind of like right now. Maybe I could build something. <laughs> I just thought I'd stay on topic with the seasons. <laughs> Um, right. I should pick a character and cosplay out of my own comic book. I should do that. Yeah. Then when people ask you, you can plug in your comic book. It's perfect. 
Well, uh, I do. I'm wearing the T-shirt right now as my backpack. So I tore apart one of the T-shirts I had for promotion for this book and made my backpack show. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a meta approach. Self-promotion. <laughs> well, we have to do now. So, uh, during this COVID season, wh what was like one of the, what was one thing that you, that you did that you're proud of during this time when we can't do other things? Mm, I don't know. I mean, so much of what I do is done remotely through the internet anyway. I'm in contact with artists that are tens of thousands of miles away to draw my comic book. So... So a, a huge part of what I try to do is going off without a hitch. I, I kind of... Ah, business as usual. <laughs> I wanted to make sure other people were taking it seriously. Like, hey, we're in fucking Argentina, we're in fucking Thailand. This shit is still real and put a fucking mask on. Yeah. I do work with people and like that far away. So yeah, so... addressing it as a pandemic. Exactly. So that's why people need to go to this Kickstarter and pay these people. Because <laughs> yeah. it's COVID and they need some money for their art. <laughs> and in there return, you get COVID. some beautiful there comic books. South America and pay them to not have to go places. I don't yeah. know if that logic holds true. <laughs> pay them for not having COVID. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's like a hard time for everybody. Everyone can use some uh, money in their and, and we will also send you beautiful comic book work for just mentioning that to people. This is goods in, uh, it is, uh, what is it, capitalism? <laughs> yeah, paying artists work. for their work, you know, in, yeah. in exchange for entertainment. That's all we're really promoting. I'll also give it out for free probably later on. You'll find some dude being like, hey, I'll give you a free PDF of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> feeling. I, I'm very happy to give out most of my I do need money to live I created something that's like a digital copy of my own comic who wants to give it to a friend <laughs> I created it for people so Yeah, we still friends. still need the donations for the for production. Yeah, <laughs> give me all your money right now. All your money. <laughs> give Phoebe Xavier all your money. <laughs> this is an always free podcast. Give we don't need the. <laughs> oh hey, I forgot. I was. What I, I'm gonna bring up? Yeah, what was our um. Our group branding name as we would walk through the streets of San Francisco together. White bitches. We can do it. White bitches. <laughs> Making my way downtown to open mics, drinking open mics, our lemonade. <laughs> yes. Oh, what was I that like? Was... Oh, what was we the crackhead that. thing? It was like crack... get out the get out my face with your crackhead nonsense. <laughs> Get out my face with that crooked nonsense. 
Oh, so you know Red's place that uh that uh that yeah. that bar in Chinatown we did an open mic at. That was awesome. I just okay, yeah, so it, well, it died. That that mic, mic died. <laughs> I know, but it was the best mic. There was a there was a one time where they had a gorilla mic outside at the same time they had a mic inside. So everyone last on the list got to go outside and everyone first on the list got to go inside. And it, I was like, cool, I get two sets in one bar. This is great. And uh, I just drove by uh, through Chinatown for the first time since all this, like, uh, you know, since shelter in place. And they built like a parklet in those same... You know, regulars that were always there were still <laughs> sitting there. And I'm like, well, I'm glad they get to do something. <laughs> Nothing has changed in, in 15 months at Red in Chinatown. Oh, man, I can't wait until this COVID thing's lifted or we have a vaccine or something so I can go on a comedy tour and go on Rainbow Tour. <laughs> like, that's what I was going to do. I was just going to, like, hit... Hit all these shows. I had shows lined up on the way to Idaho. Dang, you know, I'm sure we all have some regrets. Idaho already happened. I heard next year is New Mexico. Oh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying that those were my plans. I had like these, I was going to go on a comedy tour and I had these shows oh, lined yeah. up on the way to Idaho, but you know, then the I world remember. ended and now we're rebuilding or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Can I, tell, can I tell people the origin of the white bitches doing white bitch shit? Oh, yeah, sure. So when I stayed with Roach in San Francisco to, um, well, when we've done comedy, walking around San Francisco, so we'll go to different neighborhoods and then have to walk back to her place. And sometimes we're walking through the tenderloin and, like, the maybe as pretty as the time of night. And... So we'll be walking down the block where drugs are being done and people are being shady. So when we walked in front of these one, this one set of people, street people, that I was just like, and I am a street person, I have been a street person, but I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be a part of the business. And I was just like, hey, we're just some white bitches doing white bitch shit, leave us alone, and like walk back then. And so it just became a little refrain that I did, like, White bitches who look white bitches. And then the people repeated back, yeah, white bitches. <laughs> and yeah, there was one night where like we couldn't walk out of a store because like two ladies were standing there trying to like exchange their change in front of us to pay for whatever they were going to pay for. But like we just needed to leave the store. And that's when I added the like the extra point of like, get on my face and kick back in the face. <laughs> and it was, it was a really good little like 10 to 15 seconds in tone that me and the chat. Yeah. Man, I wish I stepped in dog shit just now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, how's Mr. Gunning? Uh, yeah, speaking of dog shit, he's, you know, so much better. Okay, cool. No, it was a <laughs> someone's like, um, Sean, who's on this sh this show up next, which is a uh, Bug House Square. He's like, I got a bag because I was like, <laughs> I wish what I stepped in was dog shit. I was just talking about the tender. <laughs> um, I, okay, so I want to ask you a rainbow question. Okay. And uh. Since I'm a big fan of your culinary experiences and we both love to cook in the woods, what's one of your favorite meals that you made in the woods? All right. So, you 
you remember Ducky? Uh, you know, I know so many duckies. <laughs> the, uh, Ducky from Montana that was uh, like sort of a drama movie for a year or two. After oh, yeah, Montana. Ducky Ducky, yeah. Wheelchair. Yeah. She was in a wheelchair in Montana, and then, yeah. So Ducky and I came up with these Zuzus that was like, we're making bacon and Snickers Zuzus, and then like pickle and chocolate chip cookie dough Zuzus, and we just had a really good Zuzu night that I incorporated parts of that Zuzu movie for like the next five years of me doing kitchen cleaning as well. And um, just because of how bad deep fried food is, I mostly don't do it anymore. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but it is the most delicious shit. And it became a random thing. Like, so it would be like, hey, Phoebe's doing this Zuzu movie. And you would bite into it. You wouldn't know if you were getting like cheddar cheese in a Snickers bar or like jalapeno and chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> And so, yeah. Surprise! That was, my, that was one of my favorite uh, things to cook. All right, so we got five minutes left, and you wanted to play this song, so um, uh, we should you, you should uh tell us again oh, about yeah. your Kickstarter. Plug in the things you want to plug in. Okay, I got you. So, um, Thirteenth Moon Halloween Anthology is what you should go look up on Kickstarter right now. Send us a dollar, buy the book for thirteen dollars, whatever you feel like doing. The last song is OMG slash Oh My God by Carly Rae Jepsen because I believe it's a sin to ever appear on any radio show or podcast or whatever and not play Carly Rae Jepsen. Thank you for having me, Rose. I love you. Thank you for coming. I love you, too, and it was so nice to hear from you, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again. Here's the Griffin Carly Rae Jepsen, OMG.
Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I just start a joke. You know, if you go to joke workshops, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radio. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. <laughs> Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea for Pam Benjamin, director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, 
and especially us here at Mutiny Radio, we have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing, despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word, just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian. And we brought you fascismus with Mussolini. And before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. You, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. Download a podcast.
podcasts and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. MutinyRadio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on... Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full Welcome to LWAFLM, L- <coughs> Carl. Yes, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-T-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to LWA, concerning cough during a pandemic, F-L-M-O-Y-T, <laughs> better known as Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Sorry, Hi. I coughed a little yeah, I know. I just caught a computer virus. Thanks. It's COVID-21. You got the cookie monster virus. COVID-21. Oh, yes. Okay. God bless. I'm in talks with Michael Bay to make that movie. Welcome to the show. Speaking of movies, we are called Let's Watch a Full Make Movie on YouTube, but we go by the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to follow our Twitter account, T1 of the 30 that does. And then we have a great YouTube channel uh, curated by Carl. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we're also on YouTube as Let's Watch, uh, on Facebook as Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube. With Spiegelin and Carl. We also stream first on MutinyRadio.fm, which we really love. And we would love for you guys to go ahead and donate. Go to Venmo and go donate some money to the radio station at Muni Radio. And uh, that would help us out. But we are on every Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern. So you can hear our show first. What we do is we play, we talk over a movie. And you watch the movie on YouTube and listen to the podcast. And we've been doing this for about four or five years. We yeah. have over 400 episodes, all available on mutinyradio.fm in the ar- podcast archives. Just look for an acronym with a concerning cough in it, <laughs> and then you'll see a list. We actually have a list. We did this last year. You know, we have done every week movie. 
couple of weeks we skipped, a couple of weeks we did not. And uh, we uh, want to just take a year in review. Uh, the way our show works is that I've always read about these movies uh, growing up, but you never had an opportunity to see these weird movies. And now they're on YouTube, so we get to see it. So unlike other movie shows, we just talk over the movie, which is like <laughs> other movie shows. So, uh, but Carl does a lot of research on these movies, and he has a lot of information about it. And uh, a lot of the hard work is through Carl to make this happen. Anyway, we have a lot of movies this year. Carl, do you have any films that just stand out this year? Anything, anything noticeable about the films we watched? There are many films that stand out, but there's too many for me to make a top 10 list, so I just sort of did them all. Well, you know what we can do is we started off the year with one of our most pop, winds up being one of our most popular videos on YouTube. Yeah. It's the 1984 film. They're playing with fire. Right. It's an entire sentence for a movie title. Uh, and that had... Uh, 28.7 thousand uh, views. Also, our synced up podcast with the movie. So uh, that's a, it's a great film. I really like that. Sybil Danning and yeah. uh, some terrible kid uh, run amok in their... Yeah, it was a terrible kid and they didn't have any chemistry, you know, they didn't, uh, they, they, they didn't like each other off screen and you, it really showed. Yeah, I agree with you. She really seemed like she was ready to make a movie and he was not into it. No. Uh, one of our favorite, so that's, you can find us, these movies are not listed with the titles. So when you do go to miniradio.fm uh, uh, and then go to podcast archives and go to LWF, our, our thing, uh, you will see that they're just by dates. So this is just considered a guide. So we just mentioned January 5th. January 12th, we did a movie directed by Larry Hagman, Beware yeah. Blob. Beware the Blob. That was all Hagman. 1972 Hagman. So he was in between uh, television epics. That's the only movie he ever directed. And basically, it was a bunch of his neighbors. Like Murgis Meredith. Meredith. Yeah, but Del Close, the godfather of improv. Do you, do you remember the comedian who passed away who was on it? Chester Haggis. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, uh, it's, 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 it was good. I like it. It was kind of a parody of a kind of comedy, like improv comedy about horror movies. Well, I mean, it was the blob. I mean, it was a legit movie with plot and everything and main characters. It was just a lot of fun. Do you remember Shirley was in it? <laughs> She was the hippie Cindy Williams. Yes, heavy Cindy Williams is in it. She was great. Not the first time we've seen a movie with her. Right. Uh, she was in Ghasts. Right. Uh, the right. Roger Corbin. Well, so we right. recommend you wear the blob, and that is January 12th. All right. January 19th, we did Lost Angels, starring that BC boy who acted in the movie Lost Angels from 1989. Adam Horowitz. Adam Horowitz, yes. Uh, and he, he was like a. Rich kid, or was he just like a kid? He was like a, a um, upper middle class. But do do you remember why we did that movie, Mike? Yes, I do. Uh, the BC Boys had written the memoirs. Yeah, I remember like BC book. And Adam Horowitz says, "Whatever you do, do not watch this movie. I'm embarrassed by <laughs> and it." So you said we must immediately watch this movie. Absolutely. So I fell for it, and we watched it, and. You know, I actually agree with Adam Horowitz. No, it's it's fine. Yeah. I remember the movie when it came out. Paulie Shore was in it. Paulie Shore was in the institution. He was kid number three. Yeah, 
that that helped launch his career. So we we appreciate you, Adam Horowitz. Okay, one last thing. Let me just say about this film. It, the director went on to be a for real director. I mean, he did Chariots of Fire and Greystoke, you know, Lord of Apes, Tar Tarzan movie, essentially. And also Donald Sutherland was in it, but he's no slouch even then. Well, he's he's a prolific actor, to put it mildly. He'll, he's in everything, so it didn't surprise me. But yeah, he he held it. You know, one of the nice things that happened in 2020 was that the public domain laws were re uh, finally reinstated right. after 20 year hiatus, and right. movies went into the public domain. And one of the nice things we can do every January is to take a new movie that is in the public domain and watch it in peace. Yeah, so we exploited that on January 26th, if you're going down our list on the archive, and it was a movie called Peter Pan from 1924. And it's funny, Pan's from the lusty god of music, and that's not what Peter Pan is. No, well, this, this was like, I guess, based really on the book or the play, I guess. On the how... book, yeah, it was a, I'm not, I think it was a book first, but certainly the movie was the play at least the interstitials they tried to capture the play on film it was slightly different there was that animal guy do you remember him yeah i do and, and we think he was also the crocodile and um one thing that was peculiar is in the u.s version they raised the american flag you know stars and stripes but in the british version they're raising the union jack oh wow well that's uh I don't know. I, I think Peter Pan's playing it both ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's, so. He's got some, some scheme going on. He's like, Marketing. there's another world war. I know which side I'm going to ally with. Well, that was good. That? It was a, it was a silent that? movie, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a silent movie. And that really upset me because if it's in the public domain, that means we can play the audio. <laughs> uh, well, the, no, but the movie is in the public domain, but the music version might be different rights uh-huh i see that's right i think you would mention that in the episode all right well that was a controversial moment during peter pan that's we're that. now in february february 9th we did furry vengeance from 19 yes. from 2010 which is of course brendan fraser versus a raccoon yeah the, the, the movie that killed brendan fraser's career well, you know, he he had an interview and he revealed a lot of stuff about his life. But yeah, I think I do agree. For well, he admits he's ashamed of this film. I mean, I am being a jerk to him, but he admits he's ashamed of this film. I don't know. Well, the director was for real. He did Cruel Intentions and The Sweetest Thing. And so the other verse is he, here is Brendan Fraser, one of the biggest international movie stars right. in the last two decades finding a raccoon squirrel puppet, like on the floor, like pretending he's a real thing and like giving it his all. Like there's nothing really wrong did. with his performance except that I was asked to do it. Yeah. He used to be in great shape, you know, he did the action movies, but he eased up on this demanding physical rec uh, regimen